little uh, REM there. So everybody hurts. Everybody cries. Everybody hurts sometimes. So hold on. Yeah. We're in this series, uh, Emoji, and uh, we're talking about emotions. And if you weren't here last week, I would really encourage you to go to faithfellowship.com and watch uh, the service or listen to our podcast on iTunes, because uh, it it's kind of foundational. I mean, you'll be able to understand today, but it'll, it'll kind of help you through this whole series. Uh, you know, we talked about the fact that we are created fearfully and wonderfully, and that you are one of a kind which means there's never been another person like you. You're unique, you have your own gifts and talents, uh, your own temperament, and your own emotional makeup. And last week we talked about how our emotions are not easily understood. Uh, It's not easy to define them. At times, our uh, emotions kind of bang into each other, so to speak. Uh, They affect one another. And so it's hard to get a handle on them at times. And if it's difficult for you to, to kind of process your emotions, those around you, it is even more difficult. And so the question is, you know, what are you communicating How are other people interpreting your your mood? And the bottom line is emotions are very, very complex, very complex. And I asked last week, you feeling all right? I mean, it's a complicated question, isn't it? When people ask it, the the fact is, should you tell the truth to them? Uh, What's the answer to that? You know, is it an overall assessment of life in general? Or is it contextual when they ask, based on what's going on right now in your, in your life? I uh, saw a post uh, the other day, and it asked people to describe their emotional state in, in one word. And then it had parentheses uh, underneath that says, no cuss words, please, <laughs> you know. But... One word to describe your emotional state. How would you answer that question? I thought it was interesting, after the service last week, people were sharing some of their struggles that they're going through. And here's the words that stood out to me as I listened to people. Numb, frustrated, anxious, I had numerous people that said afraid, angry, hopeless, unsettled, or angst up. And what I've learned about people, some people keep a mask up, so to speak, and they don't share much. Other people, well, it's all out there, you know. Anybody that'll listen, they will, they will just pour it out. and. As I look at our world today, I'll just say this. It's curious and challenging at times. You know, for centuries, uh, there were seven basic uh, emotions that that have been recognized. Some say six, but they're basically the same things. Anger, surprise, disgust, 
happiness, fear, sadness, and contempt. According to some experts in the field today, recent studies have contended that there are almost 40 basic emotions, but get this, resulting in 30,000 variations. That's really complex, isn't it? The gospel indicates that our emotions are from God, that we were created with emotions. Jesus had emotions, which I think is really, really good news because it means he's dealt with what you and I deal with on a regular basis. Jesus understands us. When, when you look at Jesus' life, his experiences, his relationships, his struggles, you find all 40 of those basic emotions played out in the Gospels. Jesus, God in the flesh, fully God, fully human, and I know that's a, that's a hard one to get your mind around, but it means that Jesus felt and expressed the same emotions that you and I do. You know, for instance, the, the gospel, they, they'll tell different stories, and we have the time when Jesus is weeping over Jerusalem. He sees people that he loved, people that God loved, people that were spiritually disconnected, they, they were far from God, and Jesus is grieving. He has this deep sorrow. He's disappointed. And he's really, he's hurting for them because they're missing out on what God wanted for them in their life, wanted the best for them. You know, another time Jesus uh, is around the religious leaders who were more concerned about rules and laws than they were about people. And he felt this righteous anger because they were hypocrites. They were sinning. They, they lacked love for those around them. The book of Luke, it's the only place in the Bible that talks about the 72 followers of Jesus. And these followers were preparing the way, and they came back. They'd apparently been out working and sharing the faith and talking, and they were talking about how God had used them to, to make a difference in people's lives and Scripture says he was overwhelmed with a sense of joy and contentment. He was overwhelmed because of the faithfulness of God through those individuals. There's a time when Jesus was a good friend by the name of Lazarus, had died. And even though Jesus knew that he could bring him back from the dead, which he did, incidentally, Jesus felt profound sadness and grief. And we find him weeping over the death of a good, good friend. You know, before he went to the cross uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is feeling loneliness and anxiety. He is overwhelmed by his emotions, so much so that he started sweating blood, Scripture says, because he feared the pain that was before him, and he prayed, and he prayed to avoid it, if at all possible. And today what I wanna do is focus on hurt, all right? 
it is an important topic because everybody hurts. Everybody cries. Everybody hurts sometimes. And hurt is a very complex topic. It's a complex emotion. You know, for example, when you're hurting, you, you think, am, am I hurt? Or am I sad? Or am I just disappointed? You know, did, did somebody intentionally hurt me? Or did I get hurt just because of the situation? You know, am I frustrated? Am I discouraged? Am I mad? Sometimes when it comes to hurt, it's very, very difficult to understand and to process. And I want to look at a story. It's in the Gospel of Luke. And just a little context before we jump in. Jesus had just preached a very famous message. It's known as the Sermon on the Mount. And Scripture says this, Luke 7, says, So afterwards, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. Now I want you to try and picture this and understand that a funeral procession, then very different than today. I mean, today we, we'd have a lead car, there'd be flashing lights, you'd have a hearse, uh, the casket would be inside the hearse, and then you'd have a procession of cars that are following, you're heading to, to the cemetery. Back then, people walked. And what's very interesting to me is quite, it was quite common for families to hire professional mourners. They, they would uh, process, they many times would be playing instruments, uh, flutes, tambourines, and they would wail and cry out, uh, and they would lead the crowd. And you go, well, why would they do that? Well, they, it was a way of representing the deep grief that was being experienced by family and friends that, that had gathered. So Jesus happens upon this situation this loud and crazy scene. And we don't know a lot about the situation, but we know a few things. Scripture says the young man who had died was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. So what we, what we know in this is that we have a, we have a funeral. We have a, a mom we don't know her age. You know, she could have been 20. She could have been 40, 60. We do know she's a widow, but we don't know when or how her husband died. We do know that her only son has died, but we don't know his age either, do we? I mean, he could have been 12, 22, 32. We, we just know that this young man had died the previous day, and you go, well, how do you know that? Well, just history tells us that. In that day, a burial would have taken place the next day due to the fact they couldn't preserve the body. But more important was it was honoring the Jewish tradition of how you do things. And so we have this, this woman who's lost a husband, and now she's lost her son. It is emotional. In fact, I'm guessing she's overwhelmed with grief, pain, hurt. 
Scripture say, it goes on to say this in verse 13. It says, when the Lord saw her, and I'm just going to stop there. When the Lord saw her. That, that phrase you find throughout the Gospels. And just a quick read uh, as I went through. There are more than 40 times that I could find where it was recorded that Jesus saw someone. And I know what you're thinking. You go, well, didn't he see everybody? Yeah, well, the author is trying to communicate that not only did he see her, but he noticed her. It, it's, you know the difference here? I mean, it's one thing to see something, right? And it's another thing to actually discern something. There's a difference between looking and truly seeing. You know, for, for instance, uh, I love my wife, and I will see her. But on occasion, she'll like get her hair cut or color it. I see her, but I didn't notice. Now, this is a freebie. Guys, listen up. This is, this is some advice, all right? I'm just saying, two or three times a week, just take a risk and go, your hair looks great. Did you do something with it? You know. <laughs> See, it wasn't a waste being here today. <laughs> I'm also going to stereotype a little bit. Women notice everything. Some men learn to notice things, all right? So Jesus sees this woman, and he notices her. In the middle of this chaos, he's very discerning. And when Jesus saw her, he recognized this deep and profound pain that she had. And what was the emotion of Jesus? I mean, what did he feel in that moment? Well, I think the same thing he feels when you're struggling. You know, when you're afraid, when you're struggling in a relationship, when, when you're not sure if you can pay the bills or not. You know, the, he feels what's going on in your life when you've been praying and praying and praying for a child who's making crazy decisions. You know, when you're, you're aching and hurting and believing that everything will be okay, Jesus feels the same thing for you when you're hurting. Jesus saw her. He zeroes in on it. It says his heart was overflowed with compassion. It just poured out. You know that Greek word uh, for the word compassion? It means to feel from the gut. You know, it's the idea of, of having that uh, kind of feeling in the pit of your stomach. You know what I'm talking about? You know, it's that feeling you have when you come upon an accident on the highway. There's that sinking feeling in there. This is awful. You know, you see first responders, you know, gathered around. They're frantically going places. It's gut-wrenching. That's what we're to hear here. In fact, I'm convinced somebody needs to hear this this morning. See, God knows what you're going through. You know, God sees you. God sees the pain. 
He hears the cries of your heart. He zeroes in on it. I mean, he knows when you're trying to catch your breath, when your heart rate accelerates. I mean, he knows when you feel desperate or afraid or anxious. He knows when you're hurting. He knows when you're experiencing pain in your life. Friends, the Lord sees you. He sees you when you're praying and praying and praying about that situation, when you're struggling with some relationship. He sees you when you're not sure when you're going to get that next job. He sees you when you're frustrated and desperate. He sees you, he notices you, and he cares. Jesus sees this grieving mom. And he shares her hurt. You know, Jesus says something really strange then. Don't cry, he said. Well, things are going to get interesting now. Don't cry. I'm thinking, what? Her, her son just died. What? you got to be kidding me. Don't cry. But it gets really interesting here. The, the fact is, it says... Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it, and the bearer stopped. Again, coffin, very different in that day than it is today. You know, coffins uh, in that day were generally just a flat board, open on all sides. And it usually was resting on a cart with, with wheels, the, the body was there so every, everybody could see it. Jesus walks over. The scripture says he touches the coffin. It's the board that the body's on. And you go, well, what's the big deal? Scandal. Scandalous. People would have gasped at what just happened. You see, the, the Pharisees, they were all about rules. In fact, they had 613 very strict rules and laws. Most of them were based off of Moses' law, but it took things to the extreme, all right? They, they tended to uh, focus on the outside, the, the image, so to speak. And so one of the laws of Moses was you don't touch a dead body. Well, the Pharisees go, well... We need to do more than that. You can't touch something that touched something that touched something that touched something that touched the dead body. You get, you get what I'm saying here? And you go, well, why? Well, because you're unclean at that point. This is a big deal, especially for a priest to do that. Jesus is known as a prophet, a priest. Uh, he, he's claiming to be the son of God. Jesus reaches out and touches the coffin. See, there's a line. Don't go there. Jesus goes, and he does it anyway. That's one of the things I love about Jesus. You always find him crossing that line. You know, every time the religious leaders of the day, they, they, the Pharisees particularly, they draw a religious line. They go, you can't do that. Jesus would go, oh, yeah? Oh, well, watch this. 
Why would he do that? Because love crosses lines. Love always crosses lines. That, that line that you feel right now, that, that's keeping God at a distance, friends, Jesus crossed that line for you. Jesus eliminated the line. Why? Because he wanted to bring you closer to God. See, religion distorts God. Legalism, oh, it's about rules and laws, and you better not. Religion draws lines to keep people out. And the tragedy is that that line that's, that's holding you back or someone that you love, you know, from things of God, I mean, oftentimes that line, well, it's being misrepresented. And I hear it often from people. You know, I don't want anything to do with the church. Christians are, are hypocrites. They just love pointing out your faults. Christianity, friends, is not about religion. It's about a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You know, re religion is often about drawing lines to keep people on the outside. Sometimes intentionally. Granted, I, I think sometimes people mean well but they just get focused on the lines and get way off track. And, and I will tell you, if that's the part of the church that bothers you, it bothered Jesus also. Jesus didn't want any line, any external rule to keep people from experiencing God and God's love and God's grace and God's mercy and God's power in their lives. And that's why we don't draw lines to keep people out. We cross lines out of love to bring people into the kingdom of God. We do that so that we can reach people for Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus ignored the religious policies of the day, and he touches the coffin. And in fact, Jesus may have actually touched the body. I'm just guessing here. See, no boundary, no rule, no law was going to keep Jesus from reaching out and expressing the depth of compassion that he feels for those who are hurting just does it. He just reaches out and he touches. It says, young man, he said, I tell you, get up. The crowd, they gasp. But more importantly, the young man gasps. Scripture says the young man, he takes a breath. 
he starts talking. Can you imagine that crowd? I mean, they're shocked. They're blown away. Scripture goes on, says, great fear swept through the crowd, and they praised God, saying, a mighty prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people today. That story is something for us to celebrate. You may be going, well, why? Why? Because the fact is, whatever feels dead... That thing in your life, one touch from Jesus can bring it back to life. You know, one touch. I mean, some of you need a touch from God today. Some of you need that touch from from Jesus who can bring things back to life. You know, one touch, one moment, you know, one word, just that one sense of recognition that not only is God with you, but he sees you. He cares about what's going on in your life. You know, he wants to touch your life. You know, Jesus completely altered everything for this grieving mom. He sees her, he really notices her, And he discerns the hurt and the pain in our life. And Jesus just reaches out and he touches and it changed everything. Can you imagine that? Unbelievable moment. And that's my prayer today. Because I know some of you are hurting. You know, maybe you feel a little bit hopeless You know, maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you've been coming for years. But that there would be one moment today, one word, one song, you know, one prayer, one sense of of God's goodness, God's grace, God's power. Crossing whatever barrier it is that you feel is keeping God at a distance in your life. You know, our God is a God who crosses lines to show love. Someone needs to hear that today. God sees you. God notices you. He sees what what you're dealing with and what you're struggling with. And he cares. He cares about that pain, that hurt. And friends, God's reaching out to you. I mean, he wants to touch that hurt and pain. Friends, one touch from our Savior. Can you imagine if you had been there that day? The moment that that young man, who'd been dead, (gasps) sits up and he starts talking. imagine the emotions of that mom, that widow? I mean, she had lost so much. Can you even begin to understand the joy that would have been there? 
I've all week been praying that just somebody that's hurting, you know, maybe you feel a little anxious, alone. Some of you that feel afraid or stuck in life right now, maybe feel numb, sad, melancholy. You know, someone that maybe today feels a little irritated. You know, you're always on your guard. You seem off, unsettled, hopeless, exhausted. Maybe you feel a little bit spiritually dry in your life that you'd experience God's touch today. Friends, the presence of God can change everything in life. So I want to ask again, how are you doing? If you could describe your emotional state, one word, what would it be? Don't say it out loud, but name it. Pinpoint it. Some of you are hurting. This is just my best advice to you. You cry out to God. God sees you. God notices and he knows that you're hurting and struggling. And I want to say something to those of you that you feel like there's this wall or this line that's kind of separating you from God, God's goodness, God's grace. Well, God's going to step across that line. There, in fact, there's nothing that will keep God from pursuing you and lo- loving you and showing you that mercy and grace. God sees you. God knows you're hurting, and he's not going to let it go. I believe God cares about you more than you, you, you can't even begin to comprehend. Some of you need your hope back, don't you? Jesus sees you. Jesus cares. One touch. So here, here's the challenge. You got, you got your one word I want, I want to pray for that. I'd encourage you. You want to see things significantly step up. Take that step forward. You don't have to touch. Just go, I got a word. Pray for me. There'll be teams up here to pray for you. Let, let's bow in a word of prayer together. God, thank you. Thank you for seeing us. God, it's hard to get our minds around sometimes, but I know you don't don't just see us. You, You know exactly what's going on. God, I just ask right now that your Holy Spirit just minister. I don't know what everybody's one word is, but we've all got one. God, I pray that 
you just ministered. That we'd know there's hope. We know there's better days. God, we just surrender that one thing to you. Hear our cries, Lord. Hear our prayers. Hear the pain and hurt of our hearts. God, we just ask for your touch today. We just beg you to bring healing, to clear our minds, our hearts, and just take away that fear, that anxiety, that struggle, that pain, whatever, whatever it is, Lord. We give it to you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we come to you asking for healing. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. God's people said, let's stand, let's worship together.